Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the No Haters Club podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Claudia Campbell. I am an influencer, and I really just love Jesus, and I'm here to share all of the cool things that I have learned, the conversations that I get to have with people on a regular basis, and I really just want to share them with you guys and make this a safe place that you can feel comfortable in your own skin to be 100% who God made you to be, and to where you can just be like, yeah, for, for every Tuesday, for about 45 minutes to an hour, I can just feel like, yeah, I can totally be myself. I'm accepted somewhere, and get tips on how to actually like better yourself for the better, how to grow closer with Christ. Um, I did want to take a minute and just say thank you guys so much because I absolutely love doing this podcast. It's because of you guys listening that I'm able to do this podcast. Um, and I just want to say thank you for so many people who do share and review and comment. Like All of that really does help the engagement and it helps me to continue doing this. So I really appreciate it whenever you guys do that. Um, don't forget, if you're not following the No Haters Club podcast on Instagram, do that. I do a lot of behind the scenes. I want to be, do better with that the past few weeks because it was finals week. I wasn't able to pour into um, the Instagram as much as I would have wanted to. But I'm going to be doing a lot better with that, kind of just posting some more reels, some more um, behind the scenes, some more like polls to get you guys involved. One thing that I love is whenever I get to go through the DMs on the No Haters Club podcast, um, a, a lot of people ask me questions all the time. And the reason why, one of the reasons I made this podcast is I really wanted to answer some of those questions. I wanted to talk about things that you guys specifically were like, how do I handle this? And so while my personal DMs get flooded a lot and I don't get to all of them, sometimes the easiest way if you really want an answer question, um, an answer, a question answered, oh my goodness, uh, is if you DM the No Haters Club podcast on Instagram and I try to go through those. I try to answer them or answer them on the podcast when we do Q&As, but it's just been really cool to me to see how God has used this podcast in some of y'all's lives and how my simple yes is saying, okay, God, yes, I'm going to start this podcast how it's actually ended up helping people. So I love it. I love, love, love. If there's an episode that helps you, a quote that really stuck with you, please tell me because I love hearing those stories. Um, also, I, I noticed that on Spotify, you can actually do like voice memos. So anyway, I don't know if I can find a way to play those in the show. Um, but if you guys send me a voice memo, I would love hearing you guys' response, reactions, thoughts on some of the episodes. So just remember that feature is there. And um, if you could share this episode or any of the episodes that really just speak to you, that would be awesome because then, like I said, it does help me to keep going with this. Um, but if you are, let's see, today I have my loaded tea. It's a peach, peach loaded tea with me today. As always, got to have a drink while I do this. But if you are watching on YouTube, you might notice that my setup is a little different today. Um, I am in the middle of upgrading the podcast studio a little bit. We are in a new space, and I really like it. I think that it's so nice. You can't see it, but there's like a huge window that's just beautiful, and I absolutely love it. So this is not how things will look forever, but right now this is how, and it's so funny too because off camera, like there's things literally everywhere that you can't see, so just remember, social media is fake, everybody. Um, but yeah, um, today we're talking about a topic that is really really near and dear to my heart. Um, it's something that probably about a year ago, maybe even a few months ago, I would not have considered myself worthy to talk about this topic because I would be like, God, like me, who struggles with this the absolute most. And it was funny. I felt like, you know, in, in the New Testament where Paul literally is like, 
you know, I was going to go over here, but then God was like, swerve, you need to go over here instead. And so Paul ended up going to like Corinth or something like that. Um, I feel like that's what happened with the podcast episode today. So I was actually going to do a different topic that I'll probably do either next week or the week after that. And as I was on my way here, God just was like, no, you're going to be talking about waiting. So today I really um, am going to talk about the waiting season. We're going to be talking about what do you do when God has asked you to wait on something that you really want to have. The wait is a little longer than what you want it to be. And how, how do we diligently wait? How do we actively wait? So this whole thing happened, and I'm going to give you this analogy that I feel like God gave me on the way here that really made me just switch all of my plans and make me do this. I was going through a school zone. I have a school right outside my house, and I was going through a school zone to get here. And so there's traffic crazy in my town, all this stuff. And and so what happened was is that I stopped a little early to let these cars turn where they were supposed to be turning, right? Well, then there was another lane that was turning into, I was going, okay, I'm going to try to describe this perfectly. I was going straight. There were some cars that needed to cross my lane to turn into a road that was going like sideways for me. So I had stopped to let those cars through because I was trying to be nice and gracious and stuff like that. There was another lane of cars though that when I stopped, they turned into the lane that I was going to. And three, there were four cars total. Three of those cars were kind of being rude and just jamming up so that they could cut in front of me. Like it really wasn't their time to go. And if this isn't making sense, all you need to know is three cars were jamming, cutting up in front of me. It really wasn't their time to go. And they were taking advantage of me being nice by letting this one car through. They took advantage of that and they just crammed up so that they could go ahead and get their turn in. And then there was one car that nicely waited behind the stop sign because it knew that it was my turn next. And this is what I, I literally, I was praying and I said, God, like this just makes me so mad because they're taking advantage of my kindness. They're taking advantage of me. And this just honestly makes me frustrated. And this one car, then, then all of the traffic starts to move up. And so this one car still waits and this one car is going to let me go ahead and go. And I, I waved it on. I was like, okay, you were nice to me, so why shouldn't I let you go ahead and go? Because you were nice to me, you waited your turn. So I, I wanted to be nice to this car, and because they waited, they gave me the opportunity to be nice to them. They didn't just shove on up. And this is what I feel like that God said to me through that moment, is he said, Claudia, how many times do you take advantage of my kindness, my forgiveness, my grace? You take advantage of that to go ahead and do something to go ahead and cram your plan into what I want to do for you. How many times do you rush things because you don't want to wait on what I have for you? And little do you know that if you just waited a little bit longer, I would have given it to you. I would have got, given it to you faster, but you are so wrapped up in your plan and your agenda to the point where I can't even give you my good, amazing blessing. Like, And there are some times when you will force your plan there's sometimes you will force your plan and I'm going to let it happen. Like you chose to do that. You're, I'm going to let you go ahead and force your plan, but your plan is lower than the plan that I actually have for you. And if you would have just waited, you not only would have gotten a better, a better 
life, but you would have gotten my blessing along with it. And I could have said, yeah, I, I got her here. But whenever you try to jam your plans against God's, like say, oh, well, I really want to have like that Christ-centered relationship, that godly marriage, but God's not giving it to me now. So I'm just going to go find a, the next boyfriend. Like I'm just going to go cram my plan, my timeline into this agenda. What's going to happen is like, there comes a point where your power will fizzle out. And if God is not the wind behind your sails leading you to do that plan, then it's going to fail every time, whether it's in a relationship or not. I just use that as an example. And so what I felt like God was saying to me through that moment is like, Claudia, you don't understand. Sometimes if you just choose to wait, I'm going to act a lot faster than you think I am. But I just need you to simply wait and I need to see that you're okay waiting and submitting to me. And so that's what I wanted to kind of challenge you guys with today is that whatever you're waiting in, we have a tendency to think we're going to be waiting for that thing for decades. And we might. Like so many people in the Bible waited and waited and waited for their thing that God had promised to them for decades. But I also think that there are times when God simply wants us to submit to him. God simply wants us to take a step back and say, this is not the speed, the pace I want to go. I would rather to go ahead and get what I want in my life. I would rather go ahead and get this than have to wait so long on this thing. But God's going, I'm going to bless you so much more because I can see the bigger picture if you just wait on me. Um, one of one quote that I learned from a different podcast, I think Matthew West said it on one of his podcasts. Not, no, he said it. I heard him say this on a podcast, um, and, and it's always stuck with me for the past few years, is he said, God's plans are major league compared to my minor league plans. And that has always kind of called me out. It's always made me pray a specific prayer. And since then, I've always prayed a prayer of like, God, would you allow your major league plans to happen, even if that means I have to sacrifice my minor league plans, even if it means I have to wait a little bit longer? Because here's what I truly believe. Whenever we wait, Satan tries to lie with us and tell us, like, it's never going to happen. He tries to say, like, okay, you're waiting for this thing. God just doesn't love you. God just doesn't care. Because if he did love you and if he did care, he would be giving you this thing. But I am convinced it's quite the opposite. I'm convinced that God has given us specific desires in our heart that are good, that are pure, that he wants to act on. Maybe maybe it's a family. He wants to give you that family. He gave you that desire in your heart. But the thing is, sometimes we allow desires to become idols, right? Like we, we give a desire that God has given us. And instead of saying, how can I use this desire for the glory of God? How can I make this desire about Jesus, not about me? We have a tendency to say, how can we make this desire all about me? I want to get what I want selfishly. And I think sometimes God has to take us through this waiting season to develop character in us so that we can steward that desire well. I think of so many things in my life that I wanted so bad, like so bad. I think about my car, for instance, and this is a silly example, but whenever I first got my license, I didn't have my car. I didn't have like... I had very little money saved up for my car, and the, the way it happened is I ended up having to wait several months before I actually got my car, and I saw all of my friends getting, like, brand new. I remember this one girl talking, like, 
yeah, I was going to get my dad's Ford Bronco Sport that was 2020, but it was honestly so old, so now I'm going to get the Ford Bronco Sport 2022. I remember them talking about their Range Rovers, Ford Broncos, and just thinking, like, seriously? Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're complaining because of a 2020 car? Like, oh my goodness. And I remember hearing all these, like, popular kids at my my school talking about this, and I was just like, God, like, I, I just want a car. I don't care how old it is. I don't care what it looks like. Like, I would honestly just enjoy having a car because I know it won't be the car I have forever. And I remember God honestly giving me peace during that time of waiting and just going, hey, it's okay to wait because, and, and it was honestly, it was so funny. My sister sent me a TikTok that really set with me. And it was like, right now may not be your moment, but when it is your moment, you'll be able to fully enjoy it. Like right now, it may not be the time that you have the fanciest car. It may not be the time you have the prettiest clothes. It may not be your moment to shine that people look at you and go, wow, she has her thing, right? But it doesn't matter that right now is not your moment because one day it will be your moment. And I feel like I, I remember seeing that TikTok and just being like, that is so helpful because you're so right. And and after seeing that TikTok, every time people would talk about their cars or like this or that, I just be like, okay, I know that God's, and, and I remember believing in faith, like, God, I would really like a car. Could you give me a convertible? And I believe that you could totally give me that, like with my price range, which, which looking back, that was nothing short of a miracle that he did, but we ended up actually finding a convertible that was like super cheap and super good condition. Like literally a God thing that I didn't think was going to happen, but because I waited well and I didn't wait with a bitter heart, I, I believe that he blessed me and he said, yeah, like, but, but here's the thing. If I had not waited well, if I had not waited for that car, I probably would not have valued it as much as I truly do value it now. I think that some of those kids who just got it and, and this isn't saying anything bad about anybody. Do not hear me say that. I'm just saying sometimes when we get immediately what we want, we don't value it as much. I mean, I think about the clothes I'm wearing. I think about the house that I live in. I've never really had to do without a house. But the people who have been in those situations, who have been homeless, they appreciate their houses so much better. So I guess that's the first tip I just want to say is waiting not only produces character in you for you to steward that well, and it builds, it, it builds you up. But it also makes you appreciate the thing when you have it more because all of a sudden you go, huh. And sometimes I wonder, like this is, maybe this is a philosophical thought I have. I guess what I'm saying is, do we value, are the things that we value more, that we want more because we don't have them? Because a lot of the things that I have, they haven't been things that I've just been itching to have, like because I already have them. And so sometimes I think that we get caught up in this loop of like, because we don't have something, we want it. Because we, we don't have something, we want it more than we would if we did. And I think that there's some, sometimes when God just goes, I can't give you that thing yet because it doesn't work in your plan. I need to teach you this more. I need to teach you about, about all of these things more. And, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I want to touch back on it. How you wait. How is your heart posture when you wait? I believe that Satan is going to come and he tries to attack us whenever we're in a season of waiting because it's like such an easy target because if he can tell us like if he can lie to us and make that thing that we're waiting on be 
an idol, then he's won. All he has to do is say either you will do anything to get, like you want this so bad that you're willing to do anything to get it, or on the opposite, on the flip side, you wait well, you do good, but he tempts you in saying that once you have this thing, everything is going to be good. Once you have this thing, you'll have all that you need. I, I many times ask myself, okay, Claudia, whenever you get this thing that you really want, are you going to be satisfied? And every time I come back to know, there's going to be something else that I'm going to want after that. Like, I'll enjoy it for a little bit, but then after I get the thing, I'm going to want it more. I'm going to want something else. Because, and, and then I've thought too, for instance, in a waiting season that God's put me in, I'm single right now, right? So for the majority of my life, I have been single. Like, I just have been. And there have been many times I've been like, God, like, how is it? I, I just really want this thing. And what he's really challenged me with is like, Claudia, say I allow you to get married and you finally find your perfect person. I work this whole miracle out. You're going to be so happy. You're going to be woohoo. But five years after I do that, there's going to be something else you're going to want. And you're going to have spent all of these years of your life making this the focus of your life. And so what I want to challenge you is, are you focusing on God and his plan for you? Or are you focusing what you don't have and God is a byproduct to get what you don't have? Because I will tell you right now, if you're making the thing the focus and God's just a byproduct, then man, you will learn real quick some patience because God will make you wait for that thing even longer. And a way to check that, you know, is what am I praying about? There have been seasons that I've really wanted something and all I'm praying to God about is that thing. All I'm praying to him is I'm going, thank you for this and this and this. Okay, back to that thing. And all I do is I ask him for that thing is I ask and I ask and I ask. And sometimes what we pray, we need to listen to it because we need to realize like, wait, what I'm talking to God about kind of shows where my idols are. Like, okay, that makes sense. Um, because if you're, if you're praying to God a bunch and bunch, just asking him, asking him, asking him for something, then you're still putting the stress, the focus on that thing. You're not putting it on the person who's holding that thing. And a verse that I love, I absolutely love this verse. And, and it's recently, one verse that I really love that God has just spotlighted to me when it comes to waiting has been Isaiah 60, 22. Now, I've heard this verse before and before again, but there was a part that I did not realize. It was literally one word that I always omitted. We always hear it say, um, I am the Lord and it's time I will do it. And we're like, okay, so when it's the right time, God's going to do it. But no, this is what it says. It says, the least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. That's basically talking about the the chapter before. And it's talking about how God is basically taking Israel and he is lifting them up. He is bringing them back into his name. He's going to bless them again. Like right now, they're being destructed. Right now, they're dealing with the consequences of their own actions. But... There's coming a time when God will embrace them and he will bless them again. He's not forgotten about them. But that's when he says at the end of this whole chapter, I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. Now, what I like about this is before he says, in its time, I will do it swiftly. He, he focuses on himself. He focuses on God. 
what is the character of God? In the situation that you're in, so often we panic and we get anxious about that thing because we're focusing on ourselves. Do I have what it takes to get this thing? If I don't have it right now, does that mean I'll have it never? We're focusing on the circumstances around it, but are you focusing on the character of the Lord in this thing? Are you focusing on the fact that God is powerful, that he is trustworthy, that he is right here in your presence, and that he's fighting for you, and that he's working for you, and that he is transforming you inside and out, that he is doing a work in you, that he knows all, and that he loves you. Like, do we realize that God is love, and therefore by his character, he's doing what's best for us because he loves us, because he wants what's best for us. He can't not do what is right for us. Like, do we realize, we, we can do the wrong thing. We do the wrong thing, but God chooses in his nature to only do the right thing for us. He chooses not to just mess around with our lives. He chooses not to be the sick God up in the cloud going, well, I'm just going to make her wait longer. No, he's choosing what's best for us. He's choosing character development maybe right now. Maybe he's choosing you to wait longer. longer. Why? Because his character first is that he loves us. He's powerful. He's here, and he's doing what's best for us. His character is that he has every means capable of doing the thing that you want right now. Like, do you realize that as you're listening to this podcast, the thing that you want could be given to you? Like, that's how powerful God is. Do you realize that you could be going on a walk right now, listening to this podcast, and you could bump into the love of your life? You could be listening to this podcast right now and there could be a house on market for sale that would be in your price range that you want do you realize that right now things could be happening for a job position to open up that you've been praying for it is in god's power so first we have to look at his character whenever we look at our waiting season we have to say okay who is god in this situation and typically i find that whenever i'm in my feels about my waiting season that whenever I'm feeling really bad and down about like, oh, God is making me wait, it's because I've taken my eyes off of the character of God. I have forgotten or I believe the lies that, oh, God is not here or God isn't able to do that. God's not powerful or God doesn't really love me. Like I believe those lies instead of going, no, God does love me. God is right here. And God is able. And that means that if he's right here and he is able and he is powerful enough to do this, that he's choosing not to right now. That's what my brain has a hard time believing is that, wait, but God, if you love me, you would choose not to? Absolutely. My parents say no to me sometimes because they love me. Whenever I was a little kid, I wasn't allowed to eat all my Halloween candy on Halloween night. Why? Because they knew the effects that at first it would be sweet, but then the overload of the sugar would make me feel awful. And they didn't want me to get sick on that candy. In fact, they, they wanted me to be able to enjoy it a little and a little along. And I think that sometimes God does the same thing for us. What we're asking him for is something that would hurt us right now. Or it's something that we're not prepared for. We're not ready yet. He's going, listen, son, daughter, I've given you that desire. Do not ignore it. Do not push it down. Because that's the other thing we'll do is, is we will grow embittered in our waiting. And we'll say, fine then. God just wants me to be single forever. Fine then. God just doesn't want that for me. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll just close off my feelings. I'll push down this desire. And I'm going to grow embittered. 
And God goes, no, I want your heart to be softened. I don't want your heart to be, to be hardened. I want you to still have that bigger, that zeal, that drive. I want you to have that desire because I placed it for you. But I just want you to, to save it for the right time and the right place. Because if you, if you continue to keep your heart soft, you continue to focus on God's character, and you know what? You go, you know what, God? I'm going to wait well. I'm going to wait the way you have called me to wait. Then whenever you get that thing, watch it. What, I, I dare you. I feel, watch that thing not be the most beautiful thing that you can experience. I have found the most amazing moments in my life have been the times when I have waited for something and, and a God-given desire I have had and had to wait on it for months and months and years and years and going, I don't even know, is God going to work in this way? Is he not? But I, but having, but not keeping my heart bitter, me waiting for those things and then God fulfilling it in the way only he can fulfill it. Man, there's no better feeling than that. And here's the, and here's the other thing that I'll also mention. The desire in your heart, it's like a puzzle piece. It's like a puzzle piece that you, this puzzle's put together. And imagine you need a piece to fit in that hole of a desire that you've been given. As humans, we're prideful enough to think that we know what will fuel that desire. As humans, we think that desire will be met by what we think it will be met with. But I have found more times than not, a God-given desire can only be filled with a God-given puzzle piece. And if you don't have the God-given puzzle piece size, then like, yeah, some of it could be kind of filled, but it's not going to be fully fulfilled. And it's like beauty. Like I, I think of people who all their lives have been like, you know, this is what I want to do for my job. But then they have, they've gone on this whole character arc because they thought they wanted to do this thing. They've done it. They were like, no, that's not what I wanted. They thought they wanted to do this thing. No, that's not what they wanted. And they neglected what God said they should do because they didn't think that they would want it. When in reality, the path that God would take them on would end up leading them to the thing that was like their sweet spot that, that they absolutely loved. But then they prolonged the process because they did what they thought their desire needed. They did what they thought they wanted. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Firstly, I think that there are humanly desires that God gives us that, like I said, he knows the magic thing that's just going to fulfill, that's just going to be our sweet spot. We're going to love doing our purpose. I think about your purpose. Like there are things that I'm doing now that he's allowed me to do now that I love doing like I love being creative on social media I love the fact that I can work on it and I don't really have to limit myself on how much work I can do um, I love I love talking I love talking about the Bible and I can do all of the things that I enjoy doing in this like influencer podcaster type of scenario right but there were times before when I would try to do things that I thought I wanted, but they weren't my sweet spot. They weren't what, what God had said, I want you to do this. But here's the crazy thing. Here, here's the like mic drop thing is that you're not going to find that sweet spot and still, until you start looking for Christ. And here's what I'm saying. Every single desire that we have, every single desire that God makes us wait, that God says, hold off for a minute before I present to you the solution I believe you can find 
you can find the remedy in Christ. Whatever the thing is, maybe it's love, you feel lonely. Maybe it's a best friend and God's not giving it to you. Maybe it's a sense of validation, it's of worth, it's of acceptance. I believe that whenever we start to go, okay, God, I, I'm going to focus on you 110%. I am literally going to fix my eyes on you. And instead of focusing on this thing, I'm going to read your word. I'm going to pray to you about it. I'm going to have Christian community. I'm going to chase you so hard. To where, like, yeah, that problem is there, but, like, I'm reminding myself of who you are. I'm reminding myself of your character. Then I believe you start to be fulfilled. Because God is the best version of love. In Him, every desire is met. Whenever I've been anxious before, I go to God, and it's like I feel peace. Whenever I felt lonely before, I spend time in His Word. I remind myself of who God is and what He's done for me. And all of a sudden, I don't feel so lonely anymore because I know God's got my back. I know that we're tight. And, and I truly believe that whenever we look at Him first and we get our needs satisfied in Him, then all of a sudden, all of the other things start to fall into place. When our heart becomes aligned with God's heart, what we want for ourselves shifts. Our desires morph to his desires for us. And then whenever he gives us what we want, what that what we truly, like it's Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Right? But you got to seek the kingdom first so that your heart is aligned with God's heart. And then, yeah, the earthly solution may come. He might give you the man or woman of your dreams. And it might be amazing. But the thing is, is that if you had not found your satisfaction in Christ first, that amazing man or woman of your dreams would not have been able to fill your heart. Why? Because you would be putting a God-sized desire on a human. And we do this so much. We put God-sized desires and God-sized holes in our hearts on other people or other things. And I think that sometimes what the waiting, what the waiting shows us to do is it 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 makes us rely on God in a way that we wouldn't have been able to rely that we wouldn't have chosen to rely on God. If you think about it, all of these waiting seasons reminds us that we're not in control. Waiting is not the enemy. Waiting produces character, it produces amazing things and this this is what I love about that verse, the word that I was talking about. He says, in its time, I will do this swiftly. So it's not this idea of, okay, when it's the right time, I'll do it. Yes, in its right time, God will do it. But it's like, no, whenever it's the right time, I'm going to make it happen fast. How many things have you had in your life that like you prayed and waited and waited and waited on and they didn't happen, but then all of a sudden they just happened so fast? And I truly, it's believed because it's like, there are times when it's not because God's over here twiddling his thumbs being like, oh, I'm really trying so hard, but, but it's taken me so long to make this happen. It's been taking me so long to put together um, the right thing for you. No, God's like, I can make it happen like this. Like, I could literally make it happen by tomorrow morning, but I'm not because it's not time yet. But when it is time, I'll make it happen fast. When it is time, I will make it happen, and it'll happen. And, like, that's, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that, that just gives me so much hope because, too, like, 
whatever you're waiting on, sometimes I feel like that I have to work for it because I'm like this doer. And so I feel like whatever it is that I really want, I'm going to have to fight and fight and fight and fight and work for it. I had a really good Sunday school teacher once and we were talking and she was like, in the Bible, there are typically these characters and there's, they are given a desire that they want and God makes them wait. And what typically happens is, if you think about it like a forest, right? Like you're trying to get through this forest and there are these, there are these moments when they could try to make it happen for themselves. They could try to put their plan themselves. And, and it's like them getting through a forest, but they're having all of these battles that are just unnecessary, all of these things they're having to fight. And it's like they're cutting down all of these little trees because they're trying to make a clear way. And they're doing it all in their own strength. But it's like whenever it's God's thing, and what she said is whenever it's really truly what God has for you and God wants, he's going to clear the path to where all you have to do is walk straight through. And so if you're thinking right now, like, oh my goodness, like, I think sometimes we get so stressed out because we think what we're trying to do in our own strength is God's plan for us. I said that in a really confusing way and I realized that, but, but let me make sense of it all. There are times when you're trying to fit a wrong puzzle piece in the wrong spot. There are times it's like, that block does not go there. It cannot fit there. You're trying to force it into place. So all of a sudden, let's go down the relationship example. All of a sudden, it's like, oh my goodness, like I can make this work, but we're going to have to get through the fact that he's cheated on me. I can make this work, but like I hate his family and he hates my family. I can make this work, but like he's moving to a different continent and I'm staying here, but we can make long distance work. And, and could that be God? Sure. I'm not, like, I know that there are exceptions to this, but I, I believe that there are times when it's like, nah, dog, that's just not working out. Like, sure, it could. It could work out. But are you trying to fit a puzzle piece in a place that it doesn't belong? Because I believe that whenever it's God, it'll be simple. Not that it'll be easy, but then it'll be simple. Like you're not going to have to go like fight and cut down all these trees to make yourself a path through. It's going to just be a straight shot because God's going to move everything to where it's simple and you have an answer and you have like, I I truly do believe that God's plan and sometimes he puts obstacles in our way that we have to hit to make us go, wait, we need to stop for this. So I just wanted to remind you of that. Um, There's also a pattern in the Old Testament, and I learned about this too from that same Sunday school teacher. She said, so there's always this pattern that happens. And if you look at this with like Abraham wanting a son, you look at this with Joseph, you look at this with like all these different things, even Jesus, a desire slash a calling is given to somebody. So God goes up and he's like, yo, homie, this is what's going to happen to you. And I'm going to give you this. And he makes them either a promise, like he he calls them to do something, or he gives them a desire. And then there's typically a long period of waiting where the person's like, wait, I thought that desire you just gave me, so I thought it was about to happen. And God's like, nope, not yet. I was doing that for the future. And then there comes a point in their story where they have the opportunity to take it for themselves. They have an opportunity to take that desire. It's not what God has for them yet, 
and take it for themselves. Perfectly, again, Abraham, his call, desire, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a nation as many as the stars. There's a period of waiting, really long, so this creates tension to where now there's an opportunity. Hagar comes along where Sarah goes, take my maid, have a kid with her. That wasn't God's plan, but it was an opportunity that Abraham could take it. And again, what we were talking about with obstacles there were so many obstacles that we had to navigate through that. There are so many obstacles of like making it to where technically because it's Sarah's handmaiden and Sarah is barren. There's so much we can go in the story because Sarah also identified with her um, limitation, which I think is very interesting in that story. But there are all these workarounds that we're having to do. But, but I mean, we could make this work. We can make this fit into God's plan. So we're just going to do it. So Abraham in his own strength, tries to fulfill that God-given desire. And then, after that happens, there's typically a repentance moment where the character realizes what they've done is wrong. They repent. Abraham did this. Then there is another long, long season of waiting. So tension. There's tension again. They really want it. And then at the end of that long period of waiting, they've waited well, and God gives it to them. And I mean, it happened with Abraham, another long period of waiting, and then God gives it to him, right? So, in our own lives, I found that this pattern has happened in my own life. A lot of times, God will give me a desire, or he'll give me a word where I feel like he's saying, I'm going to allow this to happen to you. There's a long period of waiting, which makes me want it even more. And then there's a moment where I could get it in my own strength. I'm tempted to get it in my own strength. But if I do it, it's actually going to be a lot more messy, and it's not what God has for me. So I want to encourage you, if you're in a waiting season, like, I, I think that we're always going to be in a waiting season for something. There's always going to be something we're going to be waiting on. We're going to be waiting on God on. But just because you're waiting doesn't mean God is not moving. It doesn't mean that God is not powerful. I think that He is building in you something. And I challenge you, and this is what I tell my friends. I told my friend, one of my friends this yesterday. I challenge you to start asking God, not, God, can you just make this waiting season end? I challenge you to start asking him, God, will you teach me what you want to teach me in this season? God, will you show me and develop in me the characteristic that you want to give me so that I can learn that thing because I'm going to tell you right now the joke about like don't pray for patience no pray for patience allow God to put you in that waiting season because I, I will tell you right now the people I know who are patient are some of my favorite people they have so much inner peace and could you imagine walking by somebody mentioning your name and somebody going hey they're really good at being patient Whenever they don't have something right away, they don't just walk out on God. They wait for him. They wait for his beautiful thing. Or somebody going, hey, look at that girl over there. Because she did not cave and go chase after her minor league plans. Look at all of these amazing God-given blessings she's had. Because she waited well. Because she kept a soft heart. Like the attribute of being patient or being disciplined or being so, like like having this spirit of resilience. I don't know about you, but that's a characteristic 
that as a woman, as a as, as a woman of God, I want people to look at me and go, that's what she has. She has wisdom. She's able to influence other girls and talk to other girls about what she's gone through. Or if you're a guy, he's been able to disciple other young men and he's been able to because he went through this waiting season and he went through it well, now on the other side of that waiting season, he has all these tips that he can give people. The amount of times I've been through a terrible waiting season, and then I, I, it wasn't that it ended, the waiting season ended, but I learned a lot through it. And then God sent me somebody who was going through the exact same thing, and he said, Claudia, now share with her what you've learned in this waiting season. So I think, too, sometimes he gives us these waiting seasons so we can relate with each other, so that we can show each other. If you're in a waiting season right now, do not let it be wasted. Be active in the waiting. And I know that um, it was about um, waiting. There weren't as many practical tips, but I will give you this one at the end of the episode. Be active in your waiting. You are not in a waiting room. You are not. Because, and I, I even hate the word, like, when people say waiting season. Because it implies that you're standing still just twiddling your thumbs. I don't, I don't think that that's what it is. God is calling you right now to go without something that you want. You've convinced yourself you need this thing. You've convinced yourself that it is in the plan for your life. And maybe it is and maybe it isn't, right? But you've convinced yourself that you need this thing. It's an expectation you've put on yourself and therefore it creates pressure within you. And maybe it also is a desire that God's given you. But it is not a, I'm just going to wait on God. Because then, too, I'm just going to wait on this thing. Because, too, whenever we wait, we have a tendency, like, that's what we're only focusing on. We're literally, it, it puts the focus on the trial. No. Enjoy the fact you don't have that thing right now. You don't have the pressure of having to deal with it. The weight that comes from having it. Because, I guarantee you whenever you have that thing, there will be things that you're going to go, I missed the time I didn't have it. The amount of married people out there who were like, listen, we love being married, but we also remember when we were single, those were good years. So like if you're, if, if, if a significant other, if a spouse is something that you are waiting for, dog, do not be just in that waiting room. Go be pursuing your goals. You have time to pursue your goals. Enjoy being able to go where you want without having to tell people. Enjoy having all of this time that you have to yourself. Enjoy the mental space and the mental capacity you have that you can dedicate to thinking about whatever it is you want to think about because you're not always texting somebody and, hey, this is where I am today. Hey, I'm going to go do this. Hey, I have to consider your feelings because you just get to live and do what you enjoy doing and and I mean obviously held accountable with God and like with there are parameters in that but like there are good things within every waiting season there are gifts within every single one of them so do not be stagnant be active learn yourself and I know people say this all the time but I truly believe if you are active in your waiting season then when the waiting season comes to an end and that chapter is closed you're like a whole person you are a whole person, like, and, and, and you've grown, and you've learned to the point that now that this is happening, you can be like, yeah, I'm better, I'm better because of this waiting season, leave your waiting season better than you found it, because I see so many people who get their thing, and they didn't use their waiting season to learn and grow, and now all of a sudden, they're intentionally putting themselves back in a waiting season, because they realized, oh, 
wait a minute, I thought I was ready, but I wasn't because they didn't use that waiting season the way they should have used it. So be active in your waiting season. Remember that this wait doesn't define you. Remember who God's character is and that he's got you. God doesn't want to just be this mean God. Do not depict him that way. Depict him as somebody who's a good father, who's a good parent, and he wants to give you the desires of your heart, but he cares more about your character than he cares about your comfort. But see him that way. And, and work in your weight. See that he can do it. Take practical steps toward that thing, but don't make it the idol of your life. And enjoy the fact, enjoy the fact that you don't have to deal with it right now. I feel like that I wish I could have gotten into more practical tips, but as, as the thing is coming to a close, just to relate it back to the no haters club, because that's what we are, you will have people hate on you for not having a thing. But don't let yourself be one of those haters. Do not be another voice in your head that says you're worthless because you don't have this thing yet. You're not worthless because you don't have the car, because you don't have the house, because you don't have the job, because you don't have the boyfriend, because you don't have the friend group, because you're not seen with validation or acceptance, you're not seen successful. Do not be one of the voices telling yourself that you're worthless because you're not, because God doesn't see you as worthless without the thing. And the last thing that I, I always go back to and stuff like this, if you think about your best friend, whether she has a boyfriend or not, she's still your best friend. Same thing here. Whether you have the thing or not, you still have worth. You still have value. You're still a whole person. So find, find the remedy for those things in Christ. And I believe that he will help you. You guys got this. Um, I truly believe that this podcast was specifically meant for somebody today. Because it was totally a change of plans of what I was going to do. But I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and that it helped you. Um, if you're watching, listening, please like, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And please share this podcast and your favorite quote. And tag the No Haters Club podcast in your stories. As always, I love you guys so much. I hope you have an amazing Tuesday and that you truly see just how much God loves you. Thank you for joining the No Haters Club podcast. So catch me if I fall.